Corinthians chapter 12. We'll read a verse out of chapter 12 and then a verse out of chapter 13. After the service, if you are able to help, uh, there will probably be some rearranging of chairs and stuff for the uh, wedding taking place on Saturday. So we would definitely appreciate all the manpower we can get. Um, we'll get details uh, straightened away, but should, if you can help, just uh, stick around and we'll be able to put some people to work here. But that should be good. It is good to have all the visitors here, especially the ones, of course, coming in with the wedding upcoming. It's always an exciting time. And to see uh, some young people getting married and, and moving forward in life. So definitely, definitely excited to see that. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we'll read verse 31. And then we'll read the last verse of chapter 13 as well. So 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 31. It says, But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet shew I unto you a more excellent way. Chapter 13, verse 13. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we love you so much again. Thank you for another opportunity you've given to us to come into your house, to sing your praises, Lord, to make our requests known unto you and unto the church, Lord, so that we can go before you with these requests. And Lord, I pray that you be with us our uh, or so, uh, Lord, I pray that you just fill me with your spirit as, as I preach, Lord. I pray that your word and your spirit touch the hearts and lives as only you can. And I pray that I say only what you would have me to say. If there's one in here who has never accepted you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that today be the day of salvation for them. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. A very familiar topic to us. Um, we've all heard numerous messages on charity. Uh, but... There's a reason for that, of course. Um, number one, as is made known in the, in the two verses that I read, it is something that's very crucial to the Christian. And the second reason we need a reminder of this is this is something we're not prone to. Uh, charity is not a default um, attitude or lifestyle for us. Uh, so it, we need those constant reminders. There's a reason God keeps reminding us of different things. Love the Lord thy God, of loving each other. It's because we need that constant reminder. Now, before we, we jump into the message and examine the, the main topic of the message is the greatness of charity. What, what's so great about charity, uh, you could ask. So before we get into that, I do want to spend some time and determine what biblical charity is and particularly what it is not. What charity is not. Um, charity is, one of, again, one of the most talked about but often misunderstood graces in the Bible. It's a very famous, I mean, 1 Corinthians 13. Um, many people have memorized it. Even those who are not Christians are, some can be familiar with this chapter, the love chapter of the Bible. Um, but true charity is actually quite rare to find. Charity is not an action. Um, a lot of people, you see people with... Uh, Charitable giving, you know, they write it off on their taxes. Charitable giving. And in the United States this past year, 2022, charitable giving in the United States was down to $499 billion. It was down to that. Now, I have news. Char that charitable giving here, the $499 billion, that was not all done out of a heart of charity. 
Um, we all know that. Obviously, corporations do a lot of this, what would be considered under the law, charitable giving. So you can give out of an attitude that is not charity. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 13, verse 3, Paul says, Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. In other words, Paul is saying you can give everything you have to feed the poor absent of charity. You can do that without having charity in your heart. So charity is not an action like many people think. Um, so it, it's not an action. Charity is not some euphoric feeling either. Um, and many people think, oh, the love of God, I can just feel it coming upon me. Oh, it, it's coming over me right now and I'm just filled with love. That's, that's not charity. Um, you can have, uh, let's say, with the wedding coming up, you have Marion. She's in her wedding dress. She's just filled with love. And then her, her bridesmaids... Love, loving souls that they are decide they're going to throw their iced coffees all over her, her dress. Um, all of a sudden, that euphoric feeling is gone. Um, it's, it's not true charity. That's just, again, but many people think the love of God is this feeling that they're going to have. When they have a love for God, a love for people, they're going to feel a certain way. And that's not what it is. Because people often will do things that irritate us. And that does not remove the command for us to be charitable toward them, even though we may not feel like loving them. Uh, but it does not remove so that charity is not a not a feeling. Again, the most common feeling you get from actual true charity is the chafing when you are making the flesh submit to the will of God. That's the most common feeling of, of charity that you're going to get because we don't like being charitable. We don't like showing the love of God to people. Um, and again, because charity is often shown when, uh, through adverse circumstances, when you don't want to have to show them. That's when true charity will, will come out. Charity is not a feeling. Another common misnomer about charity is that it never speaks or acts in a manner that would provoke someone else. It's always going to be pleasing to the ear. It's never going to be upsetting to anybody. Um, you know, if you, if you have true love, you're not going to say anything that would upset somebody. If you have true love, you're not going to tell a homosexual that his lifestyle's wrong. Um, if you really love that person, you would just say, oh, that's okay. God loves you just the way you are. Um, that's not true either. Who is our example in charity? It is Jesus Christ, as he is our example in everything. Did Jesus ever say something that upset people? All the time. He, he, came, he said he came, he came to destroy. He said, um, and we, uh, we know that he went into the temple and he overthrew all the, the money changers that were gathered there using the house of God for something that was not intended. Um, even his own, those who were following him in John chapter 6, he gave them some hard truths and they were offended. So charity, there's just common misconceptions that the world has, and even it creeps a little bit into Christian circles as well, about what charity is or what it, what it looks like, what it feels like. But we, of course, must go to the Bible to determine what is charity, and I think 1 Corinthians 13 is a, a great layout as we see the attributes given of charity, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. So if, you look at, if we look at what is attributed to charity... What true love does in a life, or what it looks like in a life, we conclude that, again, it is not, charity is not actions or feelings, but it's rather a mindset, or if you, you can even put it as a lifestyle. Um, charity is present when Christ's love is the frame of mind by which we live our lives and by which we interact with others. When Christ's love, 
not our own feelings, not our own actions, but when Christ's love is the guiding force, the, the presiding influence over our actions, that is when we can start to say this is charity. Um, we are acting charitable. So keep that in mind. Again, you can have your own definition, uh, similar or kind of along those lines, but keep in mind especially what charity is not as we go through this uh, message. So let's get into it. What makes charity so great that the Bible says it is the more excellent way and that it is greater than even, even faith and hope? What makes charity so great? And so we have three main points. The first one we'll look at is going to be the effect, the effect that it has in a life, what you see in a life that is governed by charity. And that's found in 1 Corinthians 13. We'll start reading in verse 4. It says, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. This is the effect charity has on a life. And these verses are really best interpreted in view of our reaction, interactions, excuse me, our interactions with others. And charity has a great effect on, on a life, when especially viewed through our interactions with others. Faith, hope, and charity all will greatly affect the Christian in whom they are found. Obviously, we know without faith it is impossible to please God. We must have faith in our life. And hope, of course, that hope of eternal life gives us that endurance, that strength to keep going in the way of God. And again, no, there's no doubt that others can be affected by our faith. We, we can think of the great men of faith that we have in the Bible. Obviously, we have a whole chapter basically devoted to it. We can think of men of faith that we have um, come across in our own lives. Men that we know, men or women that we know, men, when they are praying, something's going to happen. God is going to answer that prayer. So faith, a, a man of faith, a woman of faith can affect others, can uh, encourage others. But charity, a love of God for others, will have a greater effect. I know in my own life, there's been times when others showed love to me, love and grace to me, when they were well within their rights to show anger or some indignation. And it changed me greatly because of how they, act, how they reacted to my wrong actions. If they had shown the indignation or the, what are you doing, the, the, the hard-line approach, guess what? I had I'd come across that it wasn't going to change how I viewed things. But because they took the approach of charity, of grace, it changed my view of, of things, and I know it changed my life. A charity, our charity can greatly affect others. And to sh fully show, really, the effect that charity has when it is present in the life of a Christian, uh, I think we would do well to look at a life where charity is absent, given the attributes found in 1 Corinthians 13. 
So the defining attributes of a loveless life, a life that is absent of charity, will be this. A shortness and meanness with others, full of envy, full of pride, unseemly behavior, selfishness, being very quick-tempered, constantly ascribing evil to others, rejoicing in iniquity and despising truth, no forbearance of the faults of others, no belief in others, an extremely pessimistic outlook uh, in life or, uh, or in people, of people, and no endurance for the hardships and trials of life, especially when they are coming from other people. That is what a life absent of charity looks like. And of course, I just looked at the attributes of charity found in those four, verses 4 through 7, and I just took the reverse. Do you realize that no matter how many spiritual gifts a Christian has, that would be a worthless Christian if he was absent of charity? I don't care how well you can preach. If you, don't, if you are full of envy and full of pride and not having faith in others and not, not willing to forbear others, you're a worthless Christian. I don't care how, how many spiritual gifts you have. You're not going to affect any, anybody for Christ. The effect of charity on a life is enormous. And again, this affects our life, obviously. I mean, if you are, if you are constantly unwilling to forgive others, man, you're going you're gonna to live a miserable life. Um, and charity, of course, will cause that forgiveness, that forbearance, beareth all things. That word all is, is pretty big. But that's what charity does. So it can greatly um, benefit, our, it will greatly benefit our lives when we have charity present. And of course, it will benefit those around us as well. People will see, man, they're not reacting in the flesh. They're reacting through that love of God. And they'll think, well, maybe I should rethink my actions. Maybe I did something wrong here. And it'll cause, it'll greatly affect others' lives as well. Let's look, well, I'm going to mention a few things. We'll probably look at a couple of these. A few things in the Bible regarding love in the life of a Christian, uh, outside of what we just read about. And so we'll see what the Scripture has to say. Uh, and all these verses that I'm going to talk about, we'll, you'll see love. Um, a charity might be in one or two of them, but mostly it's going to be love. Same Greek word, the agape, uh, which is translated either charity or, or love, the highest form of love. Um, I'm sure many of us have heard. But what, what is the role that love plays in the life of a Christian? Love fulfills the law. In Romans 13, 9 and 10, uh, Paul sums up half of the Ten Commandments with, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He says this is the fulfilling. Love fulfills the law. If you want to live a life that is pleasing to God, love has to be present. The love of Christ constraineth us. The love of God should move us to especially witness for others, but the love of God constrains us not only in the, in the area of witnessing to others, but also just the love of Christ should constrain us in all areas. In how we act, it should say no, it should force us to act in a certain way. That's what constraint is. 
Faith works by love. Let's look here at Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6. It says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. And this brought to mind um, the passage in James chapter 2, when James is saying, show me your faith by your works. If you're going to say, you come across this person who has great need and say, oh, I'll pray for you, depart in peace, be warmed and filled. That's not how faith should work. Faith works by love, by meeting those needs that we can. So faith works by love. In verse 13 of the same chapter, we see that we are supposed to serve one another in love. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not a liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Ephesians 3 verse 17 tells us we are to be rooted and grounded in love. In Ephesians chapter 4, we'll look at this one. Ephesians 4 verse 15 We are to speak the truth in love. But speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Verse 16, we see another thing, that love, the impact that love has. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and com- compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. We edify each other through love. The church edifies each other through love. Ephesians 5, verse 2, we are to walk in love. And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. Colossians 2, verse 2, so tells us that our hearts, <clears throat> excuse me, our hearts are to be knit together in love. 1 Timothy 6, verse 11, tells us that we are to follow after love. When Paul is instructing Timothy, Thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after. And he gives six attributes, and one of them is love. This is something we are supposed to be following after. We are supposed to be seeking in our life is love, charity. And the list goes on and on. Those are just a few. Uh, you pull up the, that, that word in a, in a concordance and you see the effect that it has or that it should have in a Christian's life. It is staggering. Charity cannot be exempt from our lives if we wish to glorify Christ. Paul made that point, obviously, the first three verses of 1 Corinthians 13. He says, if you don't have charity, you're nothing. You're just a bunch of noise. If you're trying to talk to somebody, if you're trying to preach to somebody, just like sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. Charity is critical if we are to glorify God with our lives because of the effect that it has on our life. We cannot live a life pleasing to God without charity being present. Now, I'm not saying you have to, like, we're all sinners. I understand that. And God understands that. He knows that we're just dust, that we're sinful flesh. He's not going to say, well, you can't glorify me unless you have charity in 100% in all areas of your life. But it's that striving toward that point. Striving to have charity in your life and have that govern your actions. Charity is greater or is the greatest because of the effect that it has um, on a Christian's life and on others as well. 
Secondly, it is the greatest because of its endurance. Let's turn back to 1 Corinthians 13. How long it lasts, its endurance. 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 8. Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Charity is the greatest because of its endurance, how long it lasts. Paul begins this passage with comparing it to the, uh, to the uh, spiritual gifts that the Corinthians were arguing about. There was a lot of strife in their church because they were arguing over which spiritual gift was the greatest or who had the most of a spiritual gift. And of course, tongues seemed to be reigning supreme in that um, argument that they were having. And Paul says, you need to seek after a more excellent way, charity. The prophecies, they're going to cease. Obviously, we know uh, we have the word of God now. There's no longer any prophecies coming. No one's going to have a vision from God regarding a future event. We have all the visions we're going to have. uh, And the word of God is complete. We have no more revelation from God. So prophecies, they're going to cease. They're going to fail. Tongues, the sign gift of tongues, is going to cease. Knowledge, special knowledge, it's going to vanish away. We know in part, we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part shall be done away. That which is perfect, of course, being the word of God. When the complete revelation of God to man is come, the sign gifts passed away. And that, of course, would have taken place shortly before the end of the first century when Paul, uh, John wrote the book of Revelation, the final revelation from God to man, completing his word to man. And when that has, was come, the sign gifts faded away. They were no longer necessary. And all the, the Corinthians were, were fighting about, and I'm sure it, there was other strife taking place in other churches over the same thing. It's just going to vanish. It's going to cease. But charity never faileth. It will never end. And even when we compare it to the great virtues of faith and hope, verse 13, Now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Before, actually, before I get into uh, faith, hope, and charity, I do want to get in, there, there are spiritual gifts that are still present today. Obviously, we know the sign gifts have passed, but there are gifts that God gives to individuals to help the church. Uh, different portions of Scripture deal with that. Um, Ephesians uh, 4 does, as well as uh, a chapter in Romans. And, of course, um, some of it is dealt with here in 1 Corinthians as well. But there's not a, there will be situations when your spiritual gift is 
not practical. It's not really applicable to the situation you're in. Let's say someone does have the gift of uh, being able to preach, the spiritual gift of preaching and teaching. That's not always applicable. That's not going to. If you're dealing with someone who has just lost a loved one, it's not the time for you to get up and start teaching and preaching the Word of God. Now, you could obviously go through the Word of God and provide some words of comfort, but that's not the time for preaching. There will be times when your spiritual gift is not applicable. It's not very practical for that situation. But there's never going to be a situation where charity is not applicable. It will always be helpful. It will always be applicable. So even with the spiritual gifts that we have still today, there will be times when they cease. They're, just, they're not really uh, used for it right now in this situation. But charity it will always be useful. It will always help us. Now, to the faith, hope, and charity. We sometimes see our faith in God become sight even here on this earth. We'll pray, we'll have a special need, we pray and ask God for it, and He meets the need. We, our faith in God becomes sight. <clears throat> but of course, ultimately, our faith in Christ will be made sight when we shall see Him as He is. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 3. This is just an incredible thought to think about. 1 John chapter 3. Three, verse 2. 1 John 3, verse 2. <clears throat> Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, <clears throat> we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. As the song says, what a day that will be. When we see Jesus as he is, and we are then in our glorified state, what a glorious day. We really can't picture anything <clears throat> more perfect than that. Something, there's nothing to look forward to more than seeing Christ face to face when our faith is made sight. That's what, we live, that's what we're supposed to be living for. That's what we're looking forward to. That's what helps us through the hard times of life, knowing that we will someday be with Christ. And when our hope of eternal life is realized, and it's no longer hope, our body is redeemed from the presence of sin. Our hope will be realized. Our faith will be made sight. Guess what? Faith and hope will end in that day. Charity never ends. Charity continues into eternity. We'll continue through eternity with a greater love for God and a love for each other. I'm going to read a quote here out of uh, Matthew Henry's commentaries. puts it far more eloquently than I could. He says, And it is an everlasting work, when faith and hope shall be no more. Faith fixes on the divine revelation and assents to that. Hope fastens on future felicity 
and waits for that. And in heaven, faith will be swallowed up in vision and hope in fruition. There is no room to believe and hope when we see and enjoy. But love fastens on the divine perfections themselves and the divine image on the creatures and our mutual relation both to God and and them. These will all shine forth in the most glorious splendors in another world and there will love be made perfect. There we shall perfectly love God because he will appear amiable forever and our hearts will kindle at the sight and glow with perpetual devotion. And there shall we perfectly love one another. When all the saints meet there, when none but saints are there, and saints made perfect. O blessed state, how much surpassing the best below. O amiable and excellent grace of charity, how much does it exceed the most valuable gift. When it outshines every grace and is the everlasting consumption of them. When faith and hope are at an end, true charity will burn forever with the brightest flame. It's just, can you imagine being able to perfectly love God? To perfectly love one another? Charity will continue throughout eternity. Our faith and and our hope will be made sight. They'll come to fruition. And then love will will continue on and on throughout the ages. Throughout eternity, love, charity, will continue. Charity is the greatest because of its endurance, of how long it will last. Lastly here, charity is the greatest because of its emulation, who it seeks to imitate. When we think of the trio that is mentioned here, Faith, hope, and charity. Charity, or love, is the only one that is an attribute of God. God, of course, is love. Now, throughout Scripture, we're commanded to emulate different attributes of God. We are to be holy, for He is holy. And love is, of course, one of those attributes that we're supposed to seek to emulate. Love is the defining characteristic of those in God's family. Hereby shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Charity is the defining characteristic of God's family. If you do not have charity in your life, you look like you're a black sheep. Like, is he really part of the family of God? It's a defining characteristic of the family of God. Charity is greater than faith and hope because of whose example we are following in love. In faith and hope, we have a great cloud of witnesses, Hebrews chapter 11 tells us. But guess what? Those witnesses, they were sinful men. They overcame much through faith, but they were still sinful men. So we can follow after someone's faith. In Hebrews chapter 13, we are instructed to follow Others' faith, who when they are, of course, living a life that is pleasing to God, we are to follow their faith. Whose faith? Follow. But again, they're sinful men. When we are commanded to love, this is an attribute of God. We are commanded to imitate not someone else's love, 
I am not to imitate how others love me or how someone loves their family. I am supposed to imitate how God loves. And that is a whole other level entirely. Again, our example of love is God himself. Indeed, without God's love being shown to us, we have nothing in which to place our faith. And we would be utterly without hope. And if we don't extend love to others, how can they have faith and hope? And even a lack of charity shown to fellow believers can cause them to despair and turn their back on God. If they've been in sin and they're trying to come back and we turn our back on them, we don't show love, they can say, well, I'll just live my life how I want to live it then. Charity is greater because as an attribute of God, it is eternal. And we already looked at that, how it's eternal going forward, but it was eternal in eternity past. It comes before faith. It comes before hope. And it causes faith and hope. Let's look at John 3.16 to show this. Most famous verse in the Word of God, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What comes first? It's love. The love of God. For God so loved the world, and then you see faith. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish. And then you have hope. The hope of everlasting life. You have faith, hope, and charity in this verse. But what causes the faith and hope it is love love is eternal because it is an attribute of god it comes before faith and hope it continues after faith and hope it is the greatest because of who it emulate who it emulates we are to emulate god himself in our love the greatest of these is charity How often we seek to improve different areas of our Christian life. We think, man, Lord, please give me more faith to just move forward in faith and to trust you. Before studying for this message, I don't know if I'd ever prayed, Lord, give me, you know, help my charity be better. Obviously, we could pray, Lord, give me more of a love for you. But the particular aspect of charity and how it affects our lives and will rule our lives or should rule our lives. That's something we should seek after. We're to follow after love. We're to pray for that. Lord, please help your love to govern my life, to dictate my actions. That is what we should seek after. How often, though, do we, loo- we leave off charity? We are constantly given opportunities to be charitable. We have them every single day. God places those opportunities. Here's a chance for you to be charitable. Charitable. Here's a chance to show some charity. Are we taking advantage of those opportunities and letting God's love decide how we act? 
do we refuse to suffer long? Or we start thinking evil of others? Or do we hang on to those offenses? I'm not going to forgive them. I remember what they did to me. Now walkest thou not charitably. Charity is a more excellent way. Over the sign gifts that the Corinthians were arguing about. And over basically every other virtue. Charity is the greatest. Let's take the opportunities that God presents us and choose that more excellent way. And I think we'll be amazed at the difference that it has on our life. The effect that it has on our life. The greatest of these is charity. Is charity present in your life? Is it governing your actions tonight? Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Going to a time of invitation here. This obviously was for Christians. But if there's someone in here who isn't sure of their eternal destination, I, I do want to touch on it briefly here. I already mentioned that the love of God is what gives us the opportunity to place our faith in Jesus Christ. God loved us so much that he was willing to come to this earth to take our sins upon himself, the sins of the entire world upon himself, and to be judged by his Father in our place. So that we can escape the judgment for our own actions. That's what Jesus Christ did. When he came to this earth, he lived a perfect life. But when he died on the cross, God placed the sin of the entire world upon him and judged him. For that. And of course, part of that judgment is an eternity, eternity in hell for us. And when Jesus died, he was buried, and he took our punishment upon himself. But of course, because he is God, after three days and three nights, he defeated death and hell, and he rose again from the dead. This is the gospel in a nutshell. And now, this free gift of salvation he offers to everyone. But it is not effectual for everyone. What is necessary for us to take that free gift of salvation and escape a lake of fire for eternity is putting your faith and trust completely in Jesus Christ. Saying, Lord, I cannot escape hell any other way except to put my faith completely in in what Jesus Christ did on that cross. And I'm not going to trust in Baptism or my good works or anything else. My sole hope is in Jesus Christ. And putting your faith and hope in Him completely is what brings salvation to a soul. And if there's anyone in here who is not sure of where they're going when they pass off this earth, not sure if they're going to heaven, not sure... Where are they going to spend eternity? I would like to pray for you. If there's anyone in here, if you could raise your hand, and I'll pray for you. Anyone at all saying, I'm not sure I'm going to heaven when I die. All right, Christian. Is your life showing enough charity to cause others to have some faith and hope? 
Are you providing faith and hope to others through your love? Is it truly governing your actions? Or are you saying, no, I'm just going to live for myself? You're choosing a terrible way. The more excellent way is charity. That is the greatest. Lord, thank you for all you've done. I pray that you bless this invitation. And uh, Lord, touch hearts as only you can. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Grab those songbooks. We'll turn to page 450. If the Lord's worked on your heart, you can come to this altar and do business with him. Page 450.